You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. All right. Well, welcome to our next episode of Farming Assets. If you're on our podcast and if you're joining us on our YouTube channel, Asset Coach and Tax Strategist, we've got another exciting and riveting episode of my obviously sarcasm because who in the heck wants to talk about taxes, law, debt, and all the other stuff we talk about, but uh, and insurances and blah, blah, blah. But hey, it, the goal is, is that a business owner, you still need to know this stuff. This is still stuff that's extremely vital to the success and smooth process of running your business. And at the end of the day, this is what we do as a consulting firm is try to make this boring stuff (laughs) very exciting, but no, more importantly, to make it productive, to allow it to understand and educate, to understand how these areas that we don't want to talk about, we don't want to deal with as a business owner, but we absolutely have to. And if we know that we just embrace these, we, we just hug these uh, and embrace these, that we can actually use these various things to our advantage by having control and understanding. And that's the key. That's the whole point of our content with, with our podcast and farming assets and understanding how these things help us. And as well as the YouTube channel, Asset Coach and Tax Strategist, it's for us to be embrace this stuff, utilize this stuff to help us grow and build our businesses, which in turn helps us grow and build our wealth as well as our employees and our community. And that's extremely important and valuable to understand. So debt is probably the most misunderstood, in my opinion, besides the understanding of taxes. And the reason being is that we hear so much things that it's bad, it's good, it's this or it's that. And I don't know, it's student loan, it's it's mortgage, it's credit card, it's auto, it's all these different things. What do I do? Well, first of all, first thing you need to understand is have the mind shift of a business owner. You need to look at debt as a business owner, not as an individual taxpayer, not as an individual. The crazy thing about debt is that if you're looking at it individually, it hurts you. If you look at it from a business perspective, it helps you. So debt is a tool to leverage as long as you understand how to own it and control it and understand how to use it and plan for it. And that's the point of what I've been trying to make in the very beginning. Understanding how these things work will allow us to understand how we can help our business. Now, as an individual, we have lots of different types of debts that we hear about all the time. Student loan debt is the biggest thing right now. Let me just put this out there, the elephant in my room at least, maybe not yours, Who in the world gave the country, the government authority that when a bank says, yes, you can have student loans and the bank approves it, the bank signs the documentation and approves it, the client or the individual, the the student signs it, co-signed it by the parents. And then all of a sudden the bank is allowed to turn around, take that liability and give it to you and I as a taxpayer by the government buying it. Who in the world thought that was a great idea? So now the banks are sitting there with no liability, though they're the ones that approved the liability, and you and I as taxpayers are now holding the liability. How does that make any sense? As a taxpayer, I think that's illegal. 
I think that's illegal because we have no say for it, and the government should not be holding the trillion dollars of debt. The bank should. It's their responsibility. If they didn't want the debt, then you don't approve the student loan debt. Okay. The same thing with home mortgages. And now you and I as taxpayers back in 2008, we held that mortgage loan bag. We bailed out a lot of a lot of banks and con- uh, companies. And guess where we're at today? Same damn spot. So it's criminal as a taxpayer. I think it's BS and I don't think it's allowed and should be allowed. Okay. There you go. My soapbox on that. You may agree, you may disagree, quite honestly, don't care. It's my opinion. (laughs) I'm entitled to it just like you're entitled to yours. But in reality is you agree with me because you and I as business owners, we are the ones that are responsible now trying to figure out how to run our businesses, grow our businesses, and have employees that do not have tax planning ability, do not have the ability to have control over their taxes, and they're required to pay this. So this hurts our employees, which means it hurts us, because if they're responsible for it, we are. And that that's where my problem lies. Now, what kind of personal debt are we talking about? Well, we know home debt, right? We know mortgage. We know homey revolving debt with regards to mortgages, equity lines of credit. Those are personal. And the banks use your income, not your cash flow, but use your income. So any type of real estate debt that is one unit, meaning single family home, to four, a fourplex, you can use a personal private mortgage home loan. Okay. Now, you cannot use the revenue from that real estate entity as part of your income to qualify for that. Even though in a fourplex, you're not living in all three units. More likely, you're not living in one unit as owner-occupied. So you are generating revenue, but the bank does not allow you to use that as part of it. Okay, They'll allow maybe 50% of it. Okay. And the reason being is if you think about it, it goes back to being a business and setting up a business entity. If you are not setting yourself up as a business entity and you're working your business as a sole proprietor, the government, the IRS sees you as doing a hobby. You don't get tax planning strategies. You don't get the ability to utilize the, the benefits of the tax code for a entity specific type business. Makes a lot of sense. The same thing with real estate. You're not a real real estate investor. Now, you may have 80 homes, single family homes, right? True. But what happened after 2008, and of course, the laws could have changed without any of us knowing, you're only allowed to hold a certain amount of mortgage loans debt, okay? Now, what is that number? Again, I don't know. And quite honestly, I'm not going to research it to figure that out. The reason being is that it doesn't make a lot of sense for this podcast right now. It's not a necessary thing at this moment. If you have 80 single family homes, then as renter income, then you need to be talking to somebody to establish an entity to protect your liability, which you probably already have, which goes back to my conversation. Now you're a serious business owner, okay? So when we're talking about mortgage debt, single family, we're talking about when you're you're an individual, you have your home, not an asset, it's a liability, okay? It's not generating an income. That's what an asset does. Now, the moment you sell your house, 
and you get your gain, your capital gain, then yeah, okay, now it's it's viewed as a investment, an asset. Well, not anymore because it's sold. <laughs> so, so we want to look at this from a perspective of how the government IRS taxes these assets, the rules to asset. So when it comes to debt, it's a liability. As an individual, that's detrimental to you. Now, I'm not saying that if you have debt as a business owner, it doesn't go on your balance sheet as a liability. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying, though, is that that can still be considered an asset because it's generating income because of how you're leveraging that debt. Okay, Words are important in taxes, law, and insurance. So we need to make sure we use the correct words, the terms, definitions, and our strategies. All right. Now, So we have mortgage debt. Well, we also have equity lines of credit, home equity lines of credit. And what's that? Well, that's where a bank gives you the opportunity to utilize the equity in your house as your credit card, essentially. And you don't pay interest on that debt until you use that debt. So let's say you have a $100,000 home equity line of credit, you don't use it. And then you decide, well, let's let's fix up the backyard a little bit. Let's put in a built-in barbecue and it's going to cost you 15 grand. So rather than taking 15 grand out of your cash, your emergency fund, you take 15 grand out of your home equity line of credit and you pay interest on the 15 grand, not the whole 100,000. Okay? Very very simple. It's typically simple interest. You pay that down, it's done. You don't have anything else versus your mortgage, right? Even if you pay that principal down, your mortgage payment's still the same. Your your interest's still the same, right? You'll have to refinance your house and have lower your mortgage debt to lower your payment. Okay, so different type of use. Now, how do I use this? That's a different conversation. How do I use home and and equity line of credit and leverage the equity to grow assets and wealth? My friend, that is a different question, but it's a very good question. And that conversation will be had as we continue our podcasts and our episodes. This is exactly what we want to look at because equity sitting in your house is like cash sitting in the bank. It ain't doing anything for you. If you got a stack of $10,000 sitting on your desk in front of you, what's that $10,000 worth? Now, most people will say, well, Bob, it's worth $10,000, right? It's $10,000. If I were to count it right now, it'd be $10,000. No, you're just counting paper that has numbers on it that says it's worth $10,000, but it ain't worth that. Until you take that $10,000 and you go purchase goods and services, then you're purchasing $10,000 worth of goods and services. Why is that important? Because inflation the value of the goods and services you're purchasing. So a year ago, you probably would have gotten more goods and services with the $10,000. Today, you're getting less. Your purchasing power is less because of inflation. You wait a year from now, that $10,000, you're still buying $10,000 worth of goods and services, but it won't be as much. That's the, the, the trick in our mind that is played and why we talk about inflation as the silent tax. We don't see it. It's a termite, right? And you don't realize you have a termite problem with inflation until you see the issue. And if you don't see it, you won't ever see it. And I'm telling you, there's an issue. Now, 
What if I were to take that same stack of paper of 10,000 and instead of buying goods and services, I took that 10,000 and I put it into an asset and that asset is valued at, let's say, 100,000. What's my 10,000 worth? Not 10,000, is it? It's worth 100,000. Welcome to the world. That's how it works. That's why when you make deposits, you take your $10,000 and you put it into your bank account. What's the bank going to do with your $10,000? Exactly what I said you could do. They're going to loan it out to other people and turn that $10,000 into $100,000. They take a dollar, turn it into ten. Why can't you do that? You can. And the way you do that is leverage debt. Okay with a purpose and understanding of what you're trying to do, not as an individual investor where you have to qualify and you're personally guaranteeing that and you're responsible for that, but in developing it as a business and as a leverage in a business to grow in your entity, which you're doing in your business now. Your business goes to finance stuff. When you first started your business, sure, you probably had to personally guarantee some stuff. Now, your business is not in place for five years, you got great tax returns, you got great financials, everything's going great. You don't have to personally guarantee any loans moving forward. In fact, with business debt, the more you use, the more they want to give you. Personal debt, they give you a credit limit. Yeah, so let's use this as an example. This is a great example and segue to credit card debt. So let's use a credit card debt as an example, right? You apply for a credit card and you get, congratulations, Mr. or Mrs. credit card holder. You are now qualified for a credit limit of $20,000. Congratulations. And your introductory rate is 0%. You're welcome to transfer over balances at 0%. Yes, there will be a 3% charge up to an X amount of money for that transfer. But congratulations, you are now a 20,000 credit card holder. Congratulations, pat on the back, high five. And what do you do? Well, if you use the credit card, it helps you as long as you pay that debt back. And you don't have to pay the debt off. You just need to pay the debt back, some of it, right? And you show good payments and your credit score starts going up over a period of time and you're patting yourself on your back and all your friends and family are. And that's how the system's designed until you start using that credit card a little bit more and you start inching above the halfway mark. So you start spending 11000 on the credit card. What happens to your interest rate? It goes up. Why? Because the liability for you goes up. Because if you're the bank and they're lending you this money, they said you can have 20000 But if you use it, you're going to use it to the 20000 The closer you get to the 20000 the worse of a liability you are, and they're going to increase the interest rate. Well, hang on, time out, Bob. They said I have access to the 20000 Exactly. That's the criminal design of bad personal credit. Same thing could happen on the business side, but what's crazy and interesting about the business side, typically they don't do that. They actually start wanting you to do more. They give you more, a higher limit because you're paying it down. They don't want you to stop at the 11,000. Shoot, we gave you 20. 
thousand credit limit. You're using eleven. Wow, M- you know, Mister, Mrs. Business Owner. It looks like you may need more, and so they increase more. <laughs> so on the business side, it doesn't hurt you; it helps you. And then all of a sudden, other lenders want to give you credit cards, and then you're going to get a, a, a offer from the bank for a small business loan. But on the individual side, the more debt to income ratio, what happens? Your credit score goes down, your credit, your your interest rates go up. On the personal credit side, it hurts you. So over a period of time, you have to get more credit cards, you have to increase your limit. So you have a hundred thousand dollars of limit spread across two, three, four credit cards. And that eleven thousand, guess what? It's not that big of a deal on your credit score. Now, that individual credit card, you bet they probably are increasing the interest rate, but your overall debt to income ratio is lower because you have more credit card limit debt or availability. And so you're not using as much. So your FICA score is better. But if you try individually to apply for too many credit cards and too many, at in a period of time, now you're looking for credit and that hurts you. My God, what a screwed up system, right? Well, it's because it's not designed for you as an individual. It's designed for them, the financial distributors. It's designed for banks and investment companies and insurance companies. When you have a bad or low credit score, an insurance company actually can charge you more premiums because you're a higher risk. But I pay all my bills on time. Good job. That that that's good. But if your debt to income ratio causes your FICA score to go down, an insurance company is not going to ask you why, and they're going to charge you higher premiums on your home and auto. Is that fair? Not necessarily, but that's the game. The game's not designed for you. It's designed against you. Now, as a business owner, you can flip the coin. You can flip the coin and utilize all these things to your advantage. As a business owner, why do you have a mortgage debt? Why do you have a home loan? You shouldn't. You sh- the first one of your first strategies should be paying off your personal residence as quick as possible. But Bob, but my interest, it's a tax deductible expense. Yeah, you're right, it is. But so is your whole mortgage expense. Payment is a tax liability. Whoa, 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 hang on. What do you mean? Well, think about it. If your mortgage payment, principal and interest, let's say is $2,000 a month. How does that $2,000 a month get into your personal checking account? Oh, it goes from my business to my checking account. Yes, it passes through what we call the income funnel. Business has cash flow. And that $2,000 passes through the income funnel, but it's not $2,000. That's the net of income tax, right? So let's say you need 3,000 of income, 3,000 of income of cash flow flows through the income funnel, 1,000 goes to the government, you keep 2,000, that goes to the bank. But Bob, my interest on my loan is a deductible expense. Sure it is. And remember, there's an amortization schedule. What that means is that you're paying high interest on your first mortgage payment all the way to the last mortgage payment. It's all principal and little interest. 
right? And each month it changes like a scale. Well, what happens each month? Well, my interest payment goes down and more principal goes, more money goes to the principal. And each year it happens more and more. So what I'm what you're saying then, Bob, is that each year I pay less interest because I'm because of the amortization schedule. That's right. So, but if your interest payment is a tax deductible expense, what's happening each year? Oh, that's going down. Huh. Interesting. Well, what happens when interest rates go down? What's the first thing we do? We refinance our mortgage. So our deductible expense, our interest goes down. Well, because we don't want to pay as much expenses. Exactly. Huh. Did your income go down? Your income taxes go down? No. So the game, it's designed for you to pay what? More taxes. So they dangle the interest deduction as a business owner. Your employees don't have that strategy. They have to do other things. You as a business owner don't have to play that game. And so if you have no mortgage, you don't have any interest payment, you have no principal payment, sure, you have insurance and taxes. You're going to have to pay that no matter what. But if you don't need the the $2,000 to pay your mortgage anymore, principal and interest, then that means you don't need the $3,000 of income to flow down from your business through the income funnel. So that $1,000 that are the tax rate, huh? Interesting. What do we do with that $3,000 a month then that we're no longer needing as income? By the way, it's $36,000 a year. What could you do with an extra $36,000 a year in your business? That's what you plan for. So developing an overall strategy on how to utilize debt and leverage to help you in a business can actually help you as an individual. Now, if you have no mortgage payments and then you get a home equity line of credit and you use the equity line of credit for things that you need, how do we help our business owner clients with that? Well, we utilize the equity in a home. The only reason why you should use debt is to leverage to build assets. Why? Because assets create income, revenue, and value. Not a boat, not a, a Escalade, not a family vacation, right? Now that could bring value to the family and you individually, but that's a different conversation as well. So you get the idea of the focus of debt and the types of debt. We need to understand personal versus business, okay? And that is the key. Leverage. Can I use this to grow assets and wealth? Okay? Very, very important. The interest payments, other than your mortgage payment, but your interest payments and all your other personal debts are not a deductible expense, but they are for a business because it's a cost of doing business, okay? How do we leverage the two to help you as a business owner? Well, that's the plan and the strategy. <laughs> that's why you got to work with a professional like us or somebody like us, because we understand the rules, how the game is played, and now you need to as well. 
So hopefully this little carrot, this little descriptive explanation and educational podcast was helpful. Obviously, we're not going to go into big, deep numbers. This is a podcast. I can go through a bunch of numbers and just kind of cause your eyes to roll in the back of your head and you pass out. And that's not a good thing if you're driving a car or equipment. But my goal is to help provide just a little extra education and understanding of things from a high level. And if you want a deeper dive, then you deeper dive. You reach out to us, reach out to other professionals, do a Google search, go to the Barnes & Noble. If they still exist, buy a book, read a book, put the book into action. Or you can hire a professional like us to help you with that aspect. I don't know. The goal is yours. The whole point of this podcast is education content and give you a little bit more information while you're driving to the work or driving back home or on a road trip with the family. So hopefully I didn't make this too boring. Hopefully it was just a little bit of excitement and energizing. I will tell you what, I love doing this. It provides me a lot of energize. And pretty much almost every time after I record a podcast and do any kind of content, I start developing more and more content and developing more and more strategies and case studies because it gets the mind flowing, gets the brain going and gets the wealth ideas flowing. And that's what you want is the flow of cash. All right, my friends, have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to having a good chat with you. Remember, just a few more days till the end of the year. It's tax planning time. So it's, well, it's procrastination tax planning time, I should say. Tax planning happens all year long. Procrastination tax planning happens right now. So if you fall into that category, you better start getting going. All right, my friends, have a great one. Bye-bye. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.